0: Okay I am not Pastor Joe. I hope you've figured that out by now. He's uh, down at Southside This morning because their pastors are in Israel Uh, My name is John And I Will be speaking to you this morning This is something that has been building for a time and when Joe asked me to speak, it was, turned out to be the perfect time. So we're going to talk, sort of you might consider it as a sidebar to the current sermons we've had about the Trinity. Related, but not specifically about that. We're going to talk about something called belief and why it's important. Because it's very important. We're going to poke it, stretch it a little bit, and see what we can discover but to just to jump into it I want to show you something okay I'm at an age now where I can say almost 50 years ago when I was a child <laughs> when I was third fourth grade I had something hanging on my bedroom wall now this isn't the exact thing but I found what I had hanging on my bedroom wall eBay's an amazing place you can find anything out there and I found it So I had this banner. Um, I'll show you this much of it. It's about three feet long, 15 inches wide, made out of felt. Um, And Anybody recognize who that is? Okay, that's Linus from uh, Peanuts, cartoon character. He was very popular back then. And you can see that Linus has a very sincere, eyes are wide open expression. That left arm is up with his Fist is clenched, and he's about to tell us something very, very important. And this is what he says. Can anybody read that? What's it say? It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. This is probably the worst advice (laughs) you could ever get from anyone at any time. And I well remember the day my grandpa, on my mother's side, stood in my bedroom, and he looked up at Linus, and he said, I can't think of anything more untrue than that. Now I loved my grandpa, Uh, he was about the only male influence I had in my life and I respected him a great deal so the little guy looking up at grandpa who didn't say a whole lot so when grandpa spoke it was probably worth listening to and I asked him why grandpa why would you say that and he never looked at me he looked at that banner and I understand now 50 years later he was looking into the history of his life this was a man that had served in World War One in the merchant marine or the Navy, something like that. I have a picture of him on a ship. He'd lived with the rest of the country through World War II, all the atrocities that the Nazis did in Germany. And he simply said, the Germans believed in what they were doing and millions died. And that took me back as I knew enough history at that point to understand what they had done. And at some point, I don't remember exactly when, but Linus came off the wall. Linus, Linus no longer deserved a place on my bedroom wall because it matters what we believe. It is a critical thing to fix our belief on the truth. You must never substitute sincerity for substance. Okay? It will not work, and it will take you to a place that is truly awful, It is so important this idea of belief that it is part of the entrance into the kingdom of God. By the way, if you I put that stool back there with a the paper on it, you had to actually walk around it. <laughs> but there is a paper back there with all the scriptures that I'm going to reference and you can pick one up on the way out if you didn't get one on the way in. Belief is essential in, for entrance into god's kingdom you cannot come into the kingdom of god apart from belief and i want to read a familiar scripture to you john 3:16 through 18 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Entrance into God's kingdom hinges on belief. But not just belief in an idea, something residing up here, but belief in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And by the way, we should point out that when I talk about belief, I'm talking about it from a biblical perspective. It's not up here. When, in that culture, when you said the word believe, it meant I, I believe what you say is true, I will trust my life, what you say is true i will build my life on what you say is true i call it the btb sandwich it's belief believe trust and build so it's a very strong word when we talk about believing in jesus it's looking at him what he said how he lived what he taught and building your life on jesus christ okay why why, of all the things that God might have said, this is how you're going to come into my kingdom, why would he choose this? Because it's truly a very hard line at times. There's a sharp edge there. It's Jesus. Okay? This is not the way I would uh, invent a religion. If I wanted to invent a religion that was going to include as many people as possible, I'd make it very easy. you will write me a check. You know sign a pledge card come to the meeting once in a while Uh, something much easier than build your life on this one man and all that he said and all that he did so why is belief the deal and we're going to look at that uh, from two perspectives you could we're just going to barely scratch the surface we're going to look at it in the following way Matthew 12 22 through 28. This is a story uh, of one of Jesus's miracles and just listen and try and picture it as I read it. It says, then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus and he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw. Now all the crowds were amazed and were saying, this man cannot be the son of David, can he? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, "Eh, This man cast out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of demons. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or house even divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I by abeasable cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. I want you to look at what was going on here. It's the same event, right? Jesus, they bring this man to Jesus. He needs help he's possessed there's physical ailments and Jesus heals him but you've got these two wildly differing perspectives and beliefs about what just happened how can that be with the same the same set of facts how could you come to such a different conclusion the crowds said maybe this is the Messiah okay they saw what Jesus did and were amazed at what had been happening The Pharisees on the other hand said something very different they had a little problem with Jesus he he did click off a few boxes on the Messiah side right miracles wonderful teaching mostly (laughs) for them but he also ticked off a lot of boxes on the sinner side he ate and drank with sinners Uh, He healed on the Sabbath. Oh my gosh, how can you heal on the Sabbath and be a righteous person? Uh, His disciples walked through a grain field on the Sabbath and ate some of those grains. Big no-no. And Jesus didn't scold him for it. This man cannot be a righteous man. Therefore, he cannot be the Messiah. Therefore, the only way possible that he could cast a demon out of this man and heal him is if he's doing it by the power of Satan himself. Okay. This illustrates one of the things I want you to take out the door. This illustrates a fundamental principle of human beings. And you can express it in three words. Belief leads sight. Okay, let that soak in. What you believe leads what you see. All right, you will find that principle demonstrated in every arena of human relationships, from politics to your family, any place there are people, your belief is going to lead your sight. The crowds believed, were hoping for a Messiah, so they saw Jesus' actions as a possibility of a Messiah. The Pharisees said, no way could this be the Messiah. And instead, they saw an agent of Satan. All right? Belief leads sight. So why is this important? Our Heavenly Father has a purpose. If you ever wonder what the purpose of your life is, this is where it starts. Okay? We read it in the call to worship. His overarching purpose is to transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Okay, everything else is underneath that umbrella. There is no relationship in the whole universe as deep and wide and high as the one between the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And he desires that kind of relationship with you and me and everyone that names the name of Jesus Christ. To get there, you have to be transformed into the image of Jesus. And for that transformation to progress and happen, you have to be able to see Jesus, okay? So you need to believe in Jesus so that you can see God himself in the face of Jesus Christ, and then the Spirit will be able to work in you for that transforming process. If you will not believe in Jesus, you, you can't even see what God is trying to transform you into. Do you see the connection? Okay? This is where an amen would be awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Belief leads sight. All right? We need to see Jesus to be transformed into his image. There's also another perspective that I want to share about this idea of believing and to really understand it, we have to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden I love to go back to the Garden of Eden I just love those three chapters because they explain so much of how we got to where we are today okay? it's all rooted in there and I want to be careful because there's a tendency amongst preachers to read anything and everything into the scriptures that they're reading okay we work very hard to draw from Scripture, not feed into it. I also want to be able to draw from the richness of the original languages, the richness of the cultures that those languages uh, express, to understand what those people would have understood when they read these words, as opposed to what we think of when we're reading them two, three thousand years later. <clears throat> So I want to look at Genesis 2 6 through 7 this is talking about the creation of man it says a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being that word formed In the original culture and language is technically a potter's term and you mustn't think of a necessarily of a potter on a wheel there's many forms of pottery there's rope uh, pottery where they roll the clay into little like long snakes you know you probably did it as a child and then they would coil that into shapes and bake it there's a thing called slab pottery where they take the clay and they'll roll it into big sheets and then roll it into forms and work with it in that way. So, technically, a potter's term, and the dust, anywhere from dry dust to clods of earth, okay? Dirt. So the picture you need to get in your mind as God formed man was God getting his hands dirty in this one, okay? I'm going to be intimately connected with this man that I am making. So you, I think it's fair to say that there was some dirt somewhere in the Garden of Eden, and God said, this is the stuff. This is the stuff we're going to make man out of. And the mist came up and got it muddy, maybe clay-like, something like that. And so God came down, and he began to scoop That clay, that dirt, that mud, he began to form it into shape. That word for form also has the sense of squeezing something together, okay, and making a shape as you put pressure on it with your hands. And so he began to form the man, and he made the man out of the dust of the earth. And at some point he was done with that part of it. And we've been talking a lot about the Trinity, right? And so one of the implications of three distinct beings is that they probably talk to one another. Okay, do you think the Father hangs around in the Father neighborhood and Jesus is hanging around the Jesus neighborhood and the the Spirit's over here selling hot dogs or whatever? Okay, they're not. They're not. they, They commune. Okay, they hang out together, they converse with one another, there's a communion between them. And so it's they themselves that are forming this man. And so try to imagine the, the conversations here. Okay, I mean the Father says, Look at this man, he's beautiful. And Jesus says, Yes, yes, this is our finest work ever. And the Spirit says, it lacks one thing and together they say yes he must live and so god breathes into the nostrils of the man the breath of life and the man begins to live you'll see his heart here his chest begin to rise and fall his breath comes in and out you see the heart begin to beat and his blood begins to flow and the skin no longer dirt living flesh. And at last, his eyes flutter open and the face of God beholds the face of man for the first time ever. And in that moment, love blossoms and blooms like a flower opening with the power and the intensity of a thousand, ten thousand suns. The heart of God and the heart of man bound, bonded together in love. Never before has it happened. And God put man in the garden, showed him all that he had for him, providing every need, gave him a purpose, one command, one command. Any, anything here is for you except this one thing. Okay? We know it is the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mankind had a purpose, he had a place. Life was as it should be. And then another voice was heard in the garden. Another voice was heard. We read about it in Genesis 3, 1 through 5. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed? has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden the woman said to the serpent from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die the serpent said to the woman you surely will not die for God knows that in the day you eat from it your eyes will be opened And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent, in essence, said, Believe in me. Believe in me, not God. Build trust in the things that I am saying, not what God is saying. And at some point, a corner was turned, a a switch flipped in their minds. And they suddenly saw that fruit as something desirable, something that they wanted. Now, Jesus said at a place that you can only serve one master. Okay? You can't serve two masters. You're going to love one, hate the other, hate one and love the other. And it's the same way with belief. You cannot believe two voices. You will either believe God or you will believe something else. When you believe the something else, you disbelieve God. Belief in the serpent caused them to see the fruit, not as it was, which was death, but something that they wanted and they ate it. Then they found out they had believed in the wrong voice and they died, and we died with them. So, is it any surprise? That one of the things that God really looks for is people who will believe in him there was a time when man and his kind believed in God and that was when life was best so is it any surprise that the father's heart longs for people who will believe in him who will trust him who will build their lives on him and by the way here's my son God has come in human form. You can touch him. You can smell him. You can can listen to what he says. You can see everything about God in Jesus Christ. I cannot make it any easier. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We need to believe in Jesus so that we can see God and God wants us to believe in Jesus because he remembers that time in our history when the love was perfect when it was pure when mankind believed in his God and it was perfection so what so where does all this leave us I'm almost done all this talk about belief what do you do beyond all these beyond these walls what do you, what do you take out of here the, the first thing is okay, don't don't take this advice okay, this is bad advice okay? have friends but if they give you advice like this you know just don't follow that advice it matters very much what you believe it's critical What you believe, because, say it with me, belief leads sight. All right. Believe in the truth to see the truth. And don't confuse sincerity with truth. And secondly, know what you believe and why you believe it. Too often, our beliefs are caught. Okay, the culture will tell us one thing. Uh, I mean, there's a whole industry called marketing, right? That is dedicated to getting you to believe certain things so that you will buy products, or uh, vote for a certain candidate, or do anything. They're they're affecting your belief. You choose what you believe. All right. Don't let the beliefs choose you. And for that to work. For that to work just you're gonna need to read your Bible okay you're you're gonna need to be conversant in it to some degree okay otherwise you'll have no reference to know when that voice is not really God's okay you need to read that word so that you can believe that word and look at Jesus look at his life look at the things he taught and did and finally other thing I want you to take out of here is that you would delight God's heart by believing in his son Jesus okay he that is special to him okay so special he made it as the key to coming into his kingdom so he says so directly scripture talks about the joy and the celebration in heaven when even one sinner comes to faith in Christ okay you will delight your God by believing in Jesus day in and day out and helping others to believe in Jesus as well. Okay? And in so doing, you will unlock your sight. Uh, you will see the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you will be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, which is God's overarching purpose for your life.